0: people are born on third base and go through life thinking they hit a triple. That is a familiar quote from author and professor Barry Switzer. Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Giannetti, editor of Woman Around Town. Hopefully you've been following our popular series, Toxic Culture, delving into the issues that are having a profound impact on society, not just in America, but around the world. A recent story in the series about unearned Privilege really grabbed our attention, and we thought it would be interesting to have a discussion with the author, Gwendolyn K. Kreider. Gwen is an independent consultant who regularly works with corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations to help them create and sustain inclusive workplace environments. Before that, Gwen served as executive director of Diversity Best Practices, a membership organization that helped primarily Fortune 500 companies, develop innovative solutions to achieve their diversity and inclusion objectives. Gwen first became actively engaged in developing diversity and inclusion initiatives while holding senior level positions in the museum field. We are looking forward to speaking with her about her toxic culture story, Unearned Privilege. Welcome, Gwen. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's start with you explaining exactly what unearned privilege is.
1: Um, unearned privilege really refers to benefits that all of us receive simply because of our membership in different social identity groups. And it depends on which group is dominant in any circumstance of life. So I can be um, advantaged in one area and disadvantaged in another. There are benefits we do nothing. We have to do nothing to obtain. We don't seek them out. And so what we're really talking about are unearned advantages that come as a result of our group memberships.
0: So with that definition, what would you how would you define an earned privilege?
1: In reality, by definition, all privileges are unearned, right? They're bestowed on us. They're given to us. Yes, there are benefits and there are recognitions that we earn through our own efforts. But when we're privileged, we don't do anything to receive those benefits. So from my perspective, um, earned privileges really are simply privileges because they all just come to us. We don't do anything to earn a privilege.
0: I find it interesting that many of the discussions about unearned privilege uh, begin with how we live in a right-hand world, placing Mm -hmm. those who are left-handed at a disadvantage. Why is that opening discussion so effective?
1: I think it's effective because it's something we can all relate to. And there's no judgment, there's no negative connotation associated with being left-handed. I think it also shows us how an awareness of our privilege can help us support others who don't share those same privileges. So, for example, if I'm hosting a dinner party and we're sitting at a square table and I know one of my guests is left-handed, I'd probably attempt to seat that person somewhere where they could eat comfortably without constantly bumping into the person seated behind them. So I think, you know, we can all relate to that left-handedness in a way that does not um, suggest unfairness. It's simply what is.
0: Yeah, I find it very interesting. I have a son who's left-handed, so that really hit home for me. Why do you think it's so important for us to be reminded about unearned privilege specifically at this time?
1: Mm-hmm. I think when we look at what's happening around us in the world in general, in the U.S. and particularly, I think there's a heightened awareness about the power differential that can result and often does result from unearned privilege. And those unearned privileges often serve to further disadvantaged, marginalized groups. So I think recognizing privilege right now can really serve as a call to action, a call to action that helps us address the power differentials we're seeing. And when we do that, it really helps us um create that greater equity in our workplaces and in society as a whole.
0: What do you say to those who point out that the world has never been fair and most people have had to fight for what they have?
1: (laughs) I'd say that if we accept that as a reason for maintaining the status quo, we'd never make progress. Mm -hmm. For example, women would never have received the right to vote, had we not decided that the systemic unfairness of that needed to be changed. To recognize um, that we have unearned advantages doesn't in any way undermine or dismiss individual effort and hard work. Instead, it's about recognizing the systemic challenges that are faced by some groups.
0: Some might say that affirmative action, uh, particularly with regard to college acceptances, has leveled the playing field. What's your response to that?
1: I'd say that, um, yeah, we've made some progress towards creating a more level playing field, but there are still considerable inequities that exist. And the inequities have nothing to do with an individual's abilities and talents. And I say all we have to do is really look at, um, again, While college admissions have changed, while we may see more diversity on college campuses, when we look inside organizations and we look at, um, again, the systemic barriers, if you will, that some groups face, it's clear that the playing field still is not quite level. When we look at how students work, May be evaluated. You can still see some differences among groups, and there's there's you know a, a good body of research that documents yes progress has been made, but we haven't reached nirvana.
0: You mentioned uh, women's uh, fight for the vote. Mm-hmm. Are women included in the group that has to fight for privilege? And talk a little bit about this Me Too movement and how mm-hmm. that's changing the dynamics.
1: Mm hmm. Um, I wouldn't say women have to fight for privilege. Okay, because, again, privilege is simply bestowed. What I would say is that they continue to be negatively impacted by their lack of privilege in certain areas and have to fight against that power differential that results from privilege. And the Me Too movement bears witness to that. Right. Right. Um, As I just mentioned, there's progress. There's progress, but we can't stop where we are. We can't say, okay, everything now is fine. Uh, We still have to recognize that women are fighting against privileges other groups enjoy.
0: But we're certainly seeing them battle uh, in terms of uh, wages and how they still lag behind men there.
1: Absolutely. You look at um, corporate America, for example, and who is at the leadership helm, who's sitting on boards, and it's still the majority of white men, you know, the dominant culture. That hasn't changed as much as we hope.
0: Mm-hmm. Gwen, do you think that all of the focus on these DNA tests to find out more about our or- origins has that led to more understanding and acceptance of those who are different? You
1: know, that's a really interesting question, Charlene, and I don't know that I have an answer. I think it's it may be too early to really know what the impact will be. I think, and one of the things that worries me, I think that it may actually lead to um, a masking or an ignoring of our differences. And while I think that as humans, we're more alike than we're different, I think those differences matter. So I don't know what the ultimate impact will be. I think um, it's nice for people to be able to recognize I am not this one-dimensional character, if you will. That my DNA says that I'm made up of lots of different cultural pieces.
0: Yeah.
1: But again, I, I just don't know how that's going to um, cause people to react to others who are different. I don't know if it'll lead to more acceptance or if it'll lead us simply to say differences don't matter when I know that the differences matter.
0: I think you're right. I think it will take time. But some of the people I've spoken to who have done those tests were surprised to find out some of their origins were in, you know, far-flung places around the globe. And it's really caused them to look at themselves and their families a little bit differently. And I, I think that's some progress anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think it is progress. You know, but I think, again, we have to be um, considerate of how what we've learned about our own origins can be used to help us identify with those who are different, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, And and it's just like recognizing our unearned advantages. When we recognize them, do we recognize them and then use them so that we can relate to how other people may feel? Or do we just say, oh, look, I'm, I'm not just this one kind of person?
0: I wonder if you have any thoughts uh, about the recent royal wedding because so much of this was discussed in the media uh, watching mm-hmm. Meghan Markle um, marry Prince Harry.
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it's very interesting. Um, when when you know you couldn't escape <laughs> the news mm-hmm. around I the royal know. wedding or anything else, and in some ways, it felt very much to me as it did when President Obama was elected.
0: Yes. Right?
1: Yes. It was, oh, look, we've, we've overcome our racial differences. We have an African-American in the White House. So all of the problems have gone away. And we know that's not the case. And I think um, the royal wedding also suggests a new era, a new opportunity, And so how are we going to leverage that? How are we going to leverage this new opportunity to make sure that we simply, again, don't say our problems have all been resolved, but to say this is really great, it's another sign of progress, let's continue to move forward.
0: I think it will certainly be interesting to see how all of that unfolds. Uh, Gwen, is it always an either-or situation? Someone who is born into a wealthy family, for example, may seem to have unearned privilege, but that person may be dealing with a dysfunctional family, maybe even an abusive family, mm-hmm. making that a disadvantage. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not an either-or. It's actually what I call a both-and. Mm-hmm. Um, your example is a good one of how we all have unearned privileges and we all have disadvantages in other areas. The two are by no means mutually exclusive.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So if we're reminded that we have unearned privilege, what should our response be to that?
1: Um, Shalene, I think the response really should be a recognition of when others are being treated unfairly. Right. I think it should be a commitment to becoming better allies for those who are marginalized, a commitment to use our privileges toward creating greater equality, greater equity, greater opportunity in those areas where I can have influence Mm -hmm. based on my privilege.
0: Is there a danger that those who feel they are at a disadvantage will use that as a crutch?
1: Hmm. Um, I think that's always a possibility, okay? I think we can always use uh, a disadvantage as a potential crutch, but I think it's rare. I think it's very rare. Um, I believe that most people really do work hard to overcome any disadvantages that they may have and recognizing that you you have a disadvantage does not make most of us any less committed to working toward improving our life circumstances so is it possible sure is it is it something that happens often i think not
0: is, is there a fatigue factor involved in all of this, Gwen, that, you know, when you are fighting for this acceptance that at some point, you know, you know exhaustion and despair settles in and it's like, I'm never going to make any progress?
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's fatigue. I really do. I think, um, you know, when people feel like I'm working as hard as I can and I'm not getting ahead, I'm still not being recognized, you can get worn out. You can just say, why am I even bothering?
0: Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna accept things as they are. Um, So yeah, I think fatigue can
1: settle in. And I think it's hard for people to remain, um, optimistic isn't quite the right word, but to remain hopeful when their life experience says
0: that doesn't matter. Mm. So you consult on many different fronts with corporations and government, nonprofits. What are you seeing there? What is the attitude you know in those uh, meetings and in, in in, among the people that you're speaking to about what mm-hmm. they think needs to be done and how they think they can help?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's a greater recognition um, that this stuff is real, if you will, um, which, is, which is relatively new. When you think about it, um, for a long time, there's been resistance to the idea that we could actually have some benefits, that we could actually have advantages that didn't come through our own efforts. Um, you know, it's something we're taught from a very young age. It makes us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. To think that this isn't because I did it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there is a growing acceptance and a growing recognition that uh, unearned advantages exist. And I think in many places, we're seeing renewed discussion, renewed um, effort to re-level or to create greater equity. When we see that the disadvantages exist, when we see that there are these unconscious things that happen that can cause or hamper someone's advancement, someone's career, someone's full participation in our society and in our workplaces. So I think that there, you know, as as we've come to understand more how things like unearned advantage how things like unconscious bias can hamper um, certain groups. Organizations are really working to address those areas to bring greater awareness around those kind of impediments.
0: For some people, is it almost like a light bulb goes off that they've been unaware of this if they do have unearned privilege and having you call attention to it is you know, like a moment that they suddenly are enlightened? Yeah, it's an aha kind of moment. Mm -hmm.
1: It's an aha kind of moment, particularly when you take it out of areas that have historically placed people in a good guy, bad guy kind of scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about unearned advantage, when you talk about privilege, and you help people see, that we all have both, right? That it doesn't make you a bad person. That you didn't go out and consciously say, "I'm going to gather all of these all of these advantages and disadvantage another group." Right? It lets them see it, so it, it is often an aha uh-huh kind of moment.
0: Can you talk about a few reactions that you found really surprising? Hmm.
1: What's always surprising to me. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know that surprising is the right word, but what's, what I always appreciate is when you talk about this concept with people and they're able to relate it to their personal lives, right, right. so that it becomes very real. So you can give examples from um, a generalized perspective, i.e., the left-hand, right-hand difference. But when someone says, oh, I get it. You know, my baby sister was treated much more leniently than I was Mm. just because she's the baby of the family. (laughs) It becomes that personalization that really lets us um, internalize the concept in a way that we can do something about it.
0: What do you think parents can do talking to their children about all of this without making them feel uncomfortable or guilty about where they are in society,
1: I think that parents can can um, show through action the differences that exist. So, I had um, one student in a class recently who talked about having established a family tradition where um, they will periodically. Parents and kids go through things that they no longer use, whether it be clothes, whether it be toys, etc. And they go together and donate those. And so it becomes a conversation about, you know, not everyone has what we have. Mm -hmm. It's not because they aren't trying. So let's look at a way we can help others who may not have the same things that we have. So it becomes a way of letting them, A, understand that differences exist through no fault of individuals in some cases, and a way of showing we can contribute to helping those who don't have the same advantages we have.
0: Is there a way that religion fits into all of
1: this? Mm. I think, I think yes. Um, I think if we think about most religions, if not all, religion teaches us to value others, right? It teaches us to be compassionate. It teaches us to be, to have empathy And I think that that's part of what recognizing our unearned advantages is also all about. It helps us realize that we have an opportunity here to build a more just, a more equitable environment for all. So it becomes a living example, a living way um, to demonstrate religious beliefs and values.
0: Gwen, what have you learned through all of your years of working in this area? And is each encounter, does that add something else that you think about, reflect upon?
1: Mm -hmm. I think, Charlene, that what I would, what immediately came to my mind um, is the confirmation that most people really honestly truly want to do the right thing most people are at their heart generous
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and what it does for me is it keeps me motivated it keeps me doing the work that I do mm-hmm. um, because most people really are committed committed to being fair and being just um, and if I can help,
0: People figure out ways to do that then I keep going well that sounds like a wonderful note to conclude on uh, if, to talk to our listeners out there if you haven't been coming to Woman Around Town to read what Gwen and her associates are writing about in our toxic culture series you should certainly do that uh, they are dealing with some uh, very interesting topics uh, on Women Around Town so, Gwen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, what I'm sure is a very busy schedule, to uh, educate us about unearned privilege. And I encourage everyone to go to the site and, and at least read your story about that, because it was very interesting.
1: Great. Charlene, again, it's been my pleasure. I thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Gwen. And okay. I'm Charlene Giannetti, editor of Woman Around Town, and we've been talking with Gwen Crider about unearned privilege. Thank you for listening.